This podcast is brought to you by the Jesus Image Ministry. The Jesus Conference is a rare and historic event hosted by Michael and Jessica Kulianas of Jesus Image. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome to the Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green, and with us in the studio via telephone is the supernatural investigator, Mr. Sid Ross. Sid, it is what a pleasure to have you on the other side of the table with us. Well, it's wonderful to be with you, Steve, and I'll tell you something. I'm an observer. You said I'm a reporter. I'm also an observer. Yes. And something really interesting happened. The minute the podcast started, the presence of God started getting strong. So God's going to do something. We believe that. Every time we walk in the studio, we feel the anointing. And without that, I I don't want to do this. That's the way I feel, too. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we ran a great story about you in our Charisma magazine, had you on the cover, uh, as seen on TV, The Supernatural. Sid Roth showcases the miraculous move of the Spirit. And as I read a little bit about your background and your bio, I think it would amaze most people to know how you got from came from your beginning to this great show that you host. And I'm fascinated with uh, Romans 1.16 and your life verse. And if you could start there and share a little bit from there, and we'll just see where this interview takes us by the glory of God. Okay. Uh, both of my parents are Jewish. My father born in Poland, my mother born in Rochester, New York. And um, uh, my father was very orthodox in his upbringing. My mother was liberal so it was a kind of good, good balance. Uh, they were involved in uh, sports uh, when I was six or seven years old. I remember very distinctly. Uh, they, they, my uh, mother was very good at the sport. My father really wasn't that good. The uh, particular sport they were masters of was called poker. <laughs> and they were playing late at night. I remember waking up. And we Jews don't talk about life after death. We don't talk about dying. And so, therefore, uh, what's a a seven-year-old to think? But a question popped in my brain. And I remember just saying, I wish my parents would come home. I wish my parents would come home. And out of the blue, this question popped in my brain, Steve. What happens when you die? And again, I had no answer. Mm-hmm. So the only intelligent, and I'm a pretty logical type, pragmatic type of person, the only answer I could come up with as a kid was, I cease to exist. Now, that's not what Judaism believes, but that's the answer I came up with. So then, in my childlike imagination, I tried to imagine what life would be like if I didn't exist. And it became so uh, gruesome, the thought of no longer whatever is me existing, I decided the only intelligent thing is to block it from my mind, which I was successful to do, uh, in doing for many years. Then I, uh, I like to say I blinked my eyes a few times. I graduated college, blinked my eyes a few times, got married, blinked my eyes a few times, had a daughter, blinked my eyes a few times. Uh, I was an account executive with Merrill Lynch, and my goal in life was to be a millionaire by 30 because my discipler was television. And that said to me, if I made money, I would be happy. Well, mm-hmm. it lied. The most yes. important things in life, money can't buy. 
Um, And I I remember as a young kid, incidentally, I wrote a uh, song called There Must Be Something More. Uh, And the words went something like this. There must be something more because I work, eat, sleep, and that's the way it goes. Because I work, eat, sleep, and that's the way it goes. There must be something more. That sounds like a hit. Who recorded that for you? That's a great song. Actually, it was recorded, and it it was a hit in uh, Belgium. Never made it big in the United States. So I'm 29 years of age. My goal is to be a millionaire by 30. Uh, I'm unhappily married. I don't like my job. I hate it. And now the worst crisis in my mind was not being a millionaire by 30. So I did something I'm not proud of. I left my wife. I left my daughter. I left my job. And I went searching for happiness. Big world out there if you don't know what you're searching for. Um, I got involved in a uh, New Age meditation course. Uh, The particular course was called Silva Mind Control, but there's thousands of them out there. They taught me how to, uh, through mental exercises, lower my brain waves and invite an imaginary friend into my head. They called him a counselor. I thought the whole thing was crazy, but they said they'd give me my money back if I did it and it didn't work. So I stuck it out. And at the end of the week's class, I found out this counselor was inside of me and would answer questions. And I thought, my logical mind, ooh, I can find out what the stock market's going to do. I can become a millionaire, and I can be happy just like television taught me. Well, uh, I, it didn't quite work out that way, but the power that this counselor inside of me, it started growing. They didn't tell me about this. Now, all of a sudden, I thought, boy, I would like to be in business for myself. And a businessman I just met once walks in my office and he says, Sid, if you ever want to go into business for yourself, we have an extra office, secretary, telephone, we'll let you have it free. And I thought, wow, this power is terrific. But I didn't realize this businessman had a power of his own. He was one of these born-again Christians. And he had prayer meetings in his office. And guess who he prayed for? The Jew in the corner office. Yes. Uh, and um, one day he got really frustrated with me. He walks in my office. He says, Sid, do you know you're involved in spiritual adultery? I said, what are you talking about? He said, Sid, in your own Jewish Bible. And he opens the Bible. He goes to Deuteronomy 18. And God himself called it an abomination to be involved in these New Age fortune tellers, psychics, communicating with the dead, all these things that, uh, boy, I saw Catholic nuns in these classes, priests, ministers, college-educated uh, uh, people. I mean, and, and, and but sure enough, God called an abomination. Now, I wasn't so sure there was a God. I wasn't so sure that the Bible was from him. But just in case, I decided I've messed up in every arena in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if I mess up with God, that's it. Uh-huh. And so I decided I'd go into neutral. I stopped talking to the counselor, and for the first time, the counselor started showing its true colors. It started cursing me. Oh my. And I realized there was something pretty bad. Uh, I was involved in something called astro projection at uh-huh. the time. That's where your spirit leaves your body. 
and I was told by a senior person there that had been doing it a long time, once you break into this realm, every time you go to sleep, your spirit leaves your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you ever saw Twilight Zone with mm-hmm. Rod Serling, uh, I had a script for him way beyond anything his mind ever imagined. I was afraid to go to sleep for fear my spirit would leave my body and I'd be buried alive. I mean, mm-hmm. it was awful. I remember that young boy that heard the question in his head, what happens when you die? Well, at that point, Steve, death looked better than life. It's not that I wanted to die. It's that life was too rough. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to that. You were full of fear, weren't you? Fear that was so thick. The phone would ring and I would shake. Yes. Um, I mean, it really, I, I was... I was totally full of fear, and here's the worst part. Where does a Jew go when he realizes there's something evil inside of him? Oh, I, I forgot one other thing. I read a book. It was written by a Christian, believe it or not. It's called The Jew, the Bible, and the Supernatural by McCandlish Phillips. It was a reporter for the New York Times. And uh, in this book, he listed famous Jewish people that had dabbled in the New Age and the occult, just as I had, and they all were dead. Mm-hmm. My, fa- my hero at the time was a man by the name of Brian Epstein, the Jewish manager of the Beatles. And he went to the Himalayas. Now, at that time, all the Beatles and Brian was alive, and he died. And this book had a premise. It is horrible for anyone to be involved in the occult, the New Age, fortune-telling, communicating with the dead, seances, all these things. But it's worse for a Jew because we're under a covenant with God, whether we know it or not. And one Jew after another lost their life. I was so afraid. I called my wife on the phone. We'd been separated for about a year. My wife, uh, Joy, was uh, raised Southern Baptist became an agnostic in college and converted to Orthodox Judaism when we got married. So you might say she was a Southern Baptist agnostic Orthodox Jew. And I figured she must have, she must know everything. So I called her up. I said, pray. I didn't even tell her what was going on because no way she could help me. I couldn't say I have an evil spirit inside of me. I'm afraid to sleep. I think my spirit's going for a walk. I mean, they put me in an institution. But I, I knew this was all real. Uh, and so my uh, Christian friends told me there was a greater power in the name of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, than the powers that I was involved with. And I decided I'd give it a try. I cried out to God one night, and I said, Jesus, help. I went to bed, and I really didn't care if I woke up or not. Mm. That morning, I did wake up. My room was filled with liquid love. It was tangible. It was uh, uh, so real. And then I heard an audible voice of God for the first time in my life. And by the way, I felt such peace. I knew that evil thing inside of me. Somehow this liquid love got rid of it. And I had an internal knowing that Jesus was my Messiah. And this is what God said to me. I had never read Malachi, even though I I was raised Orthodox Jewish. And Malachi uh, specifically says... God speaking. I hate divorce. Well, that's what God said to me, and I had never even read it in the Bible. Mm -hmm. He said, I hate divorce. 
return to your wife and daughter. And I did, and Joyce are going, and I are going to celebrate our 52nd wedding anniversary Congratulations. Uh, next year. That's amazing. And uh, only God could have restored that marriage. Only God. Uh, so I'm one grateful Jewish person. Now, Amen. I feel Jewish people have a, um, a great disadvantage. Most Christians think Jewish people are fine in their own religion. Uh, but my Bible says different. There's no other name given unto men in Preach. which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Uh, then other Christians are anti-Semitic. They don't want anything to do with Jewish people. I don't know how a Christian can be anti-anything and be a Christian because Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their love. And then there's a group of Christians that absolutely got the revelation from the Scripture and loved the Jewish people, but it stops there. In other words, their idea of love is to have Bless Israel meetings, which I'm all in favor. I'm Jewish. I'm a, I have dual citizenship. I'm an American as well as an Israeli, and I'm all for the Bless Israel meetings. However, it stops there. They do not share the gospel. They're afraid that they'll upset their wonderful relationship. They won't have these great Jewish leaders come to their Bless Israel meetings. As a result, few Jewish people get saved. And the ones that are created by God, the call on a Gentile believer is found in Romans 11.11, which says, salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. So, so many Christians are saying, God, what is my call? And God is saying, if you're not going to do what I have in writing, why do you want something else? Mm -hmm. You know, the surest word of God is the Bible, the surest. And and so, uh, as a result, I've shared Jesus with lots of Jewish people, and I have tremendous results. And this is what I found out. God has a plan, A, to reach not just Jewish people, but all people. Because the church has been deficient in plan A, they've gone to B, C, all the way to Z. Well, here's God's plan A. It's actually God even, just as God says in writing, Romans 11, 11, salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. God also tells you how to reach the Jew. It's found in in 1 Corinthians. God says the Jew requires a sign. But, Steve, I found out that all believers, all non-believers, you go to a Hindu, you go to a Muslim, uh, you go to a Buddhist, you you go to a Jewish person. And what I have found is God has has graciously blessed me with a gift of uh, words of knowledge. And uh, I have lectures Uh, on the supernatural for Jewish people all over the world. And my last lecture in Israel this year amazed me. It astounded me. We rented an arena in in, uh, Jerusalem, Israel, and, and we had 650 unsaved Jewish people came to a lecture on the supernatural. And I, I have to tell you, though, I, I stick my neck out far in a lot of respects when I do this. Number one, this has not happened, to my knowledge, since Pentecost. Yeah. Better than 98% of the Jewish people in that arena, after they saw miracles, 
I had their undivided attention to teach how to know Jesus. And 98% of them stood up to accept Jesus as their Messiah and Lord, and we have now followed up with discipleship on them. But I've done this all over the world, and it's my heart's desire, and even more important, it's God's heart's desire that all Israel be saved. You see, we Jewish people, uh, because of disobedience, the Bible says that we, we suffered a curse. We lost our city. We lost our country. We lost our temple. We were scattered to the four corners of the earth. You read about it in Deuteronomy 28. God warned us ahead of time before it happened. However, the curses last just so long, and it's called a spiritual blindness. And this is found where the word fullness of the Gentiles is found. Now, a lot of people are confused on this term in the New Testament. There are two places that you can find the fullness of the Gentiles. One is Luke um, chapter 21, verse 24. It says that Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. In other words, once Jerusalem is in Jewish possession, which we know happened in 1967, at that point we're at the fullness of the Gentile age. Now, the other thing to look for to know when we're at the fullness of the Gentile age is in Romans 11.25. And it says, partial blindness has happened to Israel. And it's called the curse was blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Based on my experience going around the world, and by the way, the word fullness, you look it up in the Greek, do you know it could also mean maturity? Partial blindness has happened to Israel until the Gentiles get mature in their spiritual understanding, walk in signs and wonders, and Jewish people will be saved like popcorn. And as a matter of fact, I wrote a little booklet. It's called The Mystery Law of Evangelism Revealed, and I'm making this available free to any Christian that wants to fulfill Romans 11.11, salvation has come to the Gentiles, provoke the Jew to jail. But there's so much more involved in this. And I've spent 40 years reaching Jewish people with the gospel, and I tried to put all of that knowledge in this little booklet called The Mystery of Law of Evangelism Revealed. And if they will just go to my website, SidRoth.org. SidRoth.org. Right. And... Um, Actually, if they go there, they'll see a banner that'll tell them how to get the free book, The Mystery okay. Law of Evangelism. But if they go to sidroth.org slash free, they'll go directly to it. But uh, either way, just go to the website. I want to plant revival for America. Amen. And uh, what I have found, it says that when the Jew... It, well, let me, let me go to John chapter 17. You're familiar with it. I pray that they might be one so the world will believe. My belief is that they are the only two people groups at the time Jesus made that statement, John 17, 21. I pray that they, there were only Jews and Gentiles back then. So I, when Jew and Gentile become one, the world will believe. So what is, what is the significance? the world believing. Also, 
the glory that will be released in John 17:22 says the same glory that is on Jesus will be on them. Yes, sir. And so, and not only that, not only will the greatest revival the world's ever seen, according to the last chapter of Amos, occur when the tabernacle of David is restored. The word tabernacle in the Hebrew actually means family. Family of David is the Jewish people. It describes the greatest revival in the world. So I would love to plant this booklet. This is our seed into investment to everyone listening to you that wants this booklet free, SidRoth.org. What an outstanding book. I, I had the privilege of leafing through it this morning. I got it pretty late yesterday, but I'm going to read it cover to cover. You know, before we go, and we're very near the end of our time, and I want to give you a little bit of time to talk about your show, uh, Sid Roth Supernatural. It's such a, I believe every listener to this show knows your show very well. Could you just tell us uh, what God's doing to that show first, how it started? We're all interested in beginnings. So give us a little bit of insight to how it started and where your show is now and where it's going. I've always been pushed into everything I've done. I'd like uh-huh. to say I was led, but I was pushed. <laughs> when I got into That's radio, good. the host, something happened every time there was a broadcast. If I didn't do it, and I certainly didn't want to do it, there would be no broadcast. When I got into TV, here's how it happened. I get a call from a friend of mine in Canada, and she says, Sid, we have just put $25,000 in your name uh, in Crossroads Communication for your new television show. And before I could tell her I didn't have a television show, she hung up. And that's how it Supernatural started. Someone put $25,000 into a studio and said, go start it. Wow. And I had no, I didn't even have any desire to be intelligent. I didn't have any desire to be in radio. So I was pushed into both. Now, I'm going to tell you in a nutshell where this show is going. Well, what year was this? Uh, 1977. My goodness. Well, here's what I see. The world is looking at uh, the Shemitah and the judgments and all of these things. I know something that's going to trump it all. And that's a move of God's spirit. And am I saying that it's not going to be judgments? No, not saying that. But I'm not going to. I can tell you this. God's not telling me to store food, water, and shotguns. God's telling me to store the Holy Spirit within me. Uh, I want to be like the five wise virgins. I want to be so filled to overflowing that I won't miss a thing that God has in store for me. And rather, there is a spirit of fear that has been loosed, uh, especially on Christians in America. Everyone's calling me, and they're saying, what do you think's going to happen? Here's what I think's going to happen. There is going to be such an awesome awakening. We're going to see what Jesus prophesied. Jesus said, you'll see the same works I have done and even greater. We're going to see creative miracles. That's the next thing on the agenda. Can you, Steve, picture me in Israel in a hospital ward with amputees and walking around and seeing legs grow out and putting that on TV? I don't need apologetics proving Jesus is the Messiah. That's all I need. And that's where our show is heading. That's where the world is heading. And I am as excited as I've ever been in my life. You know, I worked with Earl Roberts. I worked in his ministry. I never uh, personally met the man. I met Richard several times. But the efficacy of that ministry on healing was so powerful. But we have not seen what we're going to see. Even in that great healing ministry, 
we're about to see an outpouring that will uh, surpass that in such great quantity and quality. I want to do. I want to put some TV cameras in these football stadiums that'll be filled with Christians, especially young Christians, especially college grad age Christians or non Christians. And here's what's going to happen: they're going to walk in with physical things and emotional things wrong with them. The glory of no man is going to take credit for this. The glory of God is going to hit that stadium, and in a one second everyone's going to be healed. Yes, sir. That's the greater works that I see coming. Yes. I receive that from you, sir. I, you're the kind of man, and I'll say this on behalf of our listeners, I'd love to have you at, at my Sunday after church dinner, just to listen to you, to be encouraged by you. There's so much gloom and doom and what people are saying and what the economy is saying, and I almost can't read it, and I'm a Ph.D. in business. You know, I, I can't take any more of uh, what's being prophesied and, and felt. But I just, I want to hear what you're saying in a way, because I believe that part of the end times is an outpouring of heaven. And I'm looking for that, and I believe you're on it, you're seeing it, your supernatural program is what we need. We need to believe in the power of God in a new and a unique way. Sir, Sid Roth, you're an amazing man. I hope people come to your website, sidroth.org, and get this great book, The Mystery Law of Evangelism Revealed, and it's at the right price. He's going to give it to you. So come to that site, take a look at it. Sid, thank you. Any last words? Yeah, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That yes, shall sir. prosper that love thee. Yes, sir. I receive that, and I, I know our listeners do. God bless you. Thank you very much for joining the Charisma Connection. Sir, thank you. Thank you. This has been the Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Jesus Image Ministry. The Jesus Conference is a rare and historic event hosted by Michael and Jessica Kulianis of Jesus Image. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.